0: Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now, here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck.
1: Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. I am so glad that you joined us today because we're going to be talking about a topic that for many years eluded us, and that was how do you really measure the worth? Of nature based projects like nature restoration projects and things like that. We know that even with a huge infrastructure bill that's recently gone through Congress, a lot of these types of projects rely on private funding. And it's important for the companies who are behind some of these projects to understand and be accountable to their shareholders. Um, for the, the monetary value and today we're going to be talking with the president of a company called Ecometrics LLC and they've cracked that nut. They know how to do it um, and they're doing it effectively. We have the president of the company Ed Panero. on. Ed is a good friend of mine. We've known each other for almost 20 years and I'm so glad to welcome you to Go Green Radio Ed.
2: Well thank you Jill. I'm glad to be on.
1: Well, let's dive right in. Talk to us about some of the kinds of projects that Ecometrics has been involved in. I'd like to give our listeners an idea of the wide variety of projects and activities that your company works on.
2: Sure. Uh, so we are, We're an evolving organization. We're relatively new. Uh, we started as a standalone organization only uh, a couple of years ago, uh, and we spun off from another uh, nonprofit called Restore the Earth Foundation that does natural restoration projects. But we're involved in a variety of different projects and they're all doing slightly different things. But in general, our projects are nature-based solutions related. And that means that there is some element of leveraging ecosystem services, uh, involve a natural resource, or have some other direct link to the environment. But it is important to point out that we as Ecometrics, we partner with the entity that's actually doing the project, because what we do is provide the, the methodology that assesses and uh, measures the benefits of a project. And these projects are of many different types. They're restoration projects, reforestation, uh, innovative agriculture uh, conservation of, of wild areas and so on. It's, but it's always, there's always a natural connection to them.
1: Mm-hmm. And and talk to us about why it's so important to be able to quantify and monetize the environmental, social, and economic benefits for corporations that are looking to invest in nature-based solutions.
2: Sure. And uh, the, the important underlying philosophy behind this, and it's the reason actually Ecometrics was created uh, a several uh, years ago, was it's important cor- because corporations and honestly any other type of organizations, they have to make financial decisions uh, in terms of making their investments. So even if a company is really committed to doing nature-based solutions work or some other kind of environmental project, and maybe it's originally initially driven for ethical or moral reasons or a corporate social responsibility goal, they still need to have a sense of the return on investment. And if for no other reason, they need to know this return on investment to determine which project will have the most impact and are financially practical. So in a sense, what we're doing is What any company does for anything else, and that is figure out what it will cost and what value that investment will generate. The trick with nature-based solutions, however, is that determining the quantity and value is a little bit more difficult than with manufactured solutions. So, for example, determining the cost of a water filtration system and calculating how much contamination it might remove from water is easier to do than figuring out how much nutrient contamination is being removed by surface water passing through a wetland. And for the value, it is even difficult to calculate what the wetland, what value that wetland is creating. It's not impossible, but it's more challenging, uh, and that difficulty puts nature-based solutions at a disadvantage as an option to address a specific problem. So we have this challenge of we kind of intuitively know that a nature, natural solution might be better, but because we can't do the economics so cleanly on it, sometimes we historically we default to the built infrastructure.
1: Mm. That makes perfect sense. you know and I, I spent a lot of time looking at your website you know in preparation for this show and there's so many things that ecometrics helps companies assess. but there were two things that really caught my eye and I'd love for you to talk to us about how ecometrics, helps companies assess things like risk management and supply chain management.
2: Sure, and really it all comes down to this concept of cost-benefit analysis. In other words, what am I getting for what I'm putting putting into it? So when we value the outcomes uh, of a project or the benefits of a project, and we do that holistically, it gives the company a much more comprehensive financial analysis of what will result from one option or the other. So with risk mitigation, it can give insight into what risk what the value of the risk that is being removed by, for example, using a nature based solution over built infrastructure. And in supply chain management, again, it's it's partially dealing with risk that might be associated with the supply chain, but also looking for efficiencies uh, within the supply chain. Because uh, if they can understand particular benefit of natural approaches, and help push that down through the supply chain, that efficiency and that uh, improved return on investment will then permeate itself throughout the supply chain process. And ultimately the final customer realizes some of that uh savings let me give you a very real example one of the projects that we've assessed is a a restoration project in louisiana and we were able to show with uh with the with the analysis that this natural restoration of these land of this coastal area in, in coastal louisiana provided storm and flood resilience at a lower cost Than built infrastructure. So to the company, they said, well, you know, obviously now investing in this restoration project is going to give me better flood protection of my my facility, my infrastructure, at a lower cost than if I had to build flood walls or levees to get the same level of protection. So that's a very real example of how this analysis um, uh, really helps the company make a decision.
1: Wow, and that's so timely right now as Louisiana is concerned about a big storm heading their way. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that um, really brings this conversation of the cost of climate change mitigation as well into the conversation. That That's really, really interesting. You know, your website mentions that your reports that you give to companies are not only third party verified, but they're also ready for audit. And, and I'd like for you to talk to us about these audits and, and why it's such a critical component of your services.
2: Sure. And, um, you know, when we talk about auditing, there's many different kinds of auditing. There's very, very formalized auditing, for example, financial audits, uh, but there's also auditing that's done by one party of another party's work as part of the relationship they may have with each other. So when we talk about our reports are ready for audit, what we do across the board is make sure that the information that we're providing is credible, transparent, and supported. So when we use, uh, let's say we're going to use an equation or we're going to use a financial value that we're going to multiply by in order to determine uh, uh, the, the ultimate value of a benefit, we provide where we got that information from, why we chose that particular bit of information, where someone can go look at it if they want to validate that. So. So that allows us to uh, provide the whole chain of custody, so to speak, mm-hmm. of any information we, we include in our reports so it could be externally audited. And in, in projects where quantification and valuation information is used in a transaction, such as in the carbon markets, it mm-hmm. is very important to be able to justify those numbers because that's really what's going to support the viability of the project also, on the public relations side, the auditing might be uh, something that's done through a reporting protocol. So, if you're if you're providing uh, information uh, for communication purposes, there are, there are people out there that might be interested in in auditing how you came about to make that information. And this really, for example, gets at the at the core of concerns over greenwashing. You know, mm. where where organizations might make a claim, and there's no way to, to be able to justify that claim. So we try to facilitate all of that, whether it's public That's- relations, whether it's for a, tra- a transactional market, whether it's just for a uh, customer-supplier relationship. We try to provide the information so that can be audited. Uh, and as we'll talk about probably in, in, in later on in the discussion, there are um, there's other way. there's additional certifications that are involved where we need to have that auditing capability.
1: Mm -hmm. I like that transparency. That's so now, that's so 21st century to be that transparent. Your website also says that, you know, your evaluations are third-party verified. I'd love for you to talk to us about who some of these third parties are and the kind of partnerships that your company has with independent verification programs.
2: Sure. And as with everything, there's multiple variations on the theme. Mm -hmm. So with certification, I, I can probably for the, for the sake of the discussion, break it up into two pieces. So at a minimum, with Ecometrics, we get the entire analysis we do for a project independently reviewed and certified, specifically by an organization called Social Value International. And SVI is a global organization that sets principles and protocols for quantifying and valuing, especially socioeconomic benefits, um, so we send, once we're done, we send that report off to SVI. They look at it, validate our numbers and our approaches. Uh, they essentially, they're auditing the report is what they're doing. Uh, and then they issue an independent certification from their organization for the entire project. Hmm. But the other type of, of certification that occurs is this, what I call, you know, uh, attribute-specific. And that is where there's certification for a particular uh, aspect of the project. So, for example, we collaborate with an organization called the Wildlife Habitat Council. So, they independently review and certify projects that are done by companies intended to create biodiversity and habitat. So, again, our reports that do the quantification and valuation analysis can be used by WHC to certify a project. So, so Ecometrics tries to quantify, you know, we try to calculate and quantify, mm-hmm. um, uh, in that particular case, how much habitat is created, what biodiversity is created, how right. much of it and what, um, and what the value is.
1: Fantastic. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we have so much more to talk about with the president of Ecometrics, Ed Panero. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after
0: this. News. News. Opinion. News. Opinion. your world for more information about Covanta Energy visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com conservation starts with us learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to our wild world with host Ellie Weiss Welcome back to Go
1: Green Radio. So glad that you could all join us today. And if you're just tuning in, let me catch you up. Today we're talking to the president of Ecometrics LLC, Ed Panero. We're talking about how they use a very sophisticated method to um, quantify the environmental, social, and economic impacts of nature-based projects. And so. Ed, I wanna ask you, you know, in order to capture the full value of a project's impact, you do quantify these things, the environmental, the social, and the economic impacts. Let's start with the environmental impacts. How does Ecometrics evaluate the environmental value of a project?
2: Sure, and I think I'm gonna start a little bit level higher than that because this part of this process is common to all three of those pillars. and uh, so first we need to identify what these benefits are, what these impacts are. And uh, it's funny because we've been referring to it as benefits, but in reality, projects have impacts. Hopefully most of those impacts are positive, so they're benefits, but there are sometimes adverse impacts. and so we have to, to be fair and transparent, we have to account for those. So, so we'll call them the outcomes, these benefits outcomes. And we do this generally through observations, interviews, with stakeholders, we review existing information, we find peer-reviewed research, um, and we get a lot of information from the project owners. Then we need to figure out, how will we quantify these? In other words, what equations or formulas will we use to determine how much of that outcome there really is? We determine this again through information collection and so on, and we build those equations into ecometrics in the process, and that's how we customize our generic template to be for a specific project. So now, to environmental impacts, we determine what these impacts are, uh, so for example, carbon sequestration, water quality improvement, habitat creation, um, uh, soil erosion control, and so on, and we determine what is the best way to calculate that quantity for the specific project at hand. So, for example, with that Louisiana project I mentioned, that's a forested restoration project. So one benefit is improved surface water quality because we know that that vegetation uptakes nutrients from water as it enters the site. But we need to determine at what rate of uptake and of what nutrients is happening in that particular case. And that's how we, we build that equation. And this can be done everything from research of some paper that somebody may have written 10 years ago, all mm-hmm. the way to on-the-ground, real-time sampling. And how we do it depends, uh, varies from site to site. But that's generally how we collect the information, um, like, for example, this case, environmental.
1: Mm-hmm. That I mean, that's so sophisticated. And I like the way that you can customize uh, by project. I think that's, that's got to be an important um, benefit to to working with Ecometrics is that tailor-made solution based on a template, you know, based on, on you know, good science, good data ana- analysis. But uh, that customization, I'm sure, is something your customers really value. I have a similar question about the social impacts. How does Ecometrics quantify? I mean, that's the tough thing, quantify the social impact of a project.
2: Yeah. It's excellent that you ask about social next because it really ties into your point about customization. So generally speaking, the social impact, we, we quantify those generally in the same process. But here we need very different types of information. And I would contend that this social aspect is the most difficult of the three pillars. Because social aspects, you know, we're talking about community resilience, quality of life, General health issues, educational opportunities. So these are more difficult to um, you know to, to, try, to try and quantify as compared to figuring out how many tons of carbon a tree you know will will, will sequester over time. So the way we do this is through a, a key part of ecometrics, which is stakeholder engagement. So throughout an entire project, We're talking to the local, we're talking to the relevant stakeholders. And this is everything from the project owners, the funders, other investors, the people who live next to the project, the people who live in the town where the project exists. Uh, and then we go out in concentric circles looking at the region, so on and so forth. And they tell us what's important to them and what they would see as a benefit from the project, what they see as a detriment from the project, what they expect, what they would expect from that would affect them from the project and that's goes into the same that we feed that into the same process of other information we may have collected to start to quantify that social benefit. So are we going to create jobs? And if so, are those the jobs that the community wants and mm-hmm. what are they worth? What will they, what will they pay? So all those very specific things have to figure into the quantification of social benefits.
1: That's fascinating. I, I, I could spend a whole show just talking to you about that. I think that's fascinating. But I, I want to go into how you evaluate the economic impact of a project, because I know that's got to be incredibly important to the investors.
2: Yes, it is. And um, when we talk about economic benefits, some, you know, these, all these benefits are really all tied together. So, social benefit also generates economic benefit. For example, you know, particularly economic development in uh, local economic development. So, uh, hate to sound repetitive, but we do Mm -hmm. it the same basic way in Mm -hmm. in terms of how we collect the information. But for economic uh, uh, impacts, now, now one of the very key and important input is not only the stakeholder engagement, but then we start looking at uh, statistical information that's available. Um, some of it is Bureau of Labor Statistics kind of information, local economic uh, development agencies. So then we really start to try and tie what is the? Uh, how do you figure out how much of a certain thing is being done and how do you put a value on it. Uh, and this is an element where the customization of ecometrics to, a, to the project is important because if you're creating a job, even if there's the same kind of job somewhere else, it may have a completely different economic value in terms of mm-hmm. what it creates uh, for, the, for um, a given uh, one area over the other. So this mm-hmm. correction, so to speak, for generic numbers that you may get from your you know the Department of Labor, correcting that for local situations. Another interesting economic development comes from a social benefit, and that is if you're improving educational opportunities, How does that translate into an economic benefit? What is the earning potential as a result of that education opportunity? What is the career opportunities uh, of, uh, uh, you know, diverse career opportunities that may stem from that? How will that reflect back on the community? So this is all part of that analysis.
1: Very, very important. Now, your website mentions that companies can use ecometrics for forecast scenario planning. Talk to us about how that works.
2: Sure. So forecast planning simply means that we're, use, we're, we're, we're running an analysis, but we're doing it for something that hasn't happened yet. So we have to put in some projections that are speculative. So we still collect all the same information, but it is based more on what is intended to be done versus what is done. And, and because this all happens before the project, project actually starts, we have the luxury to change parameters to see how things will change. For example, we can run a scenario uh, using different land use options to see how that affects the outcome. Should we have 10 acres of agriculture and 12 acres of forest land or the other way around? You know, so um, the, the way ecometrics is set up is once you have the inputs and you give it the calculation methodologies that we talked about, it could just run an analysis. Uh, and really all you have to do is change the input parameters to get different scenarios.
1: Hmm. So are you still engaging with stakeholders in the community or, um, you know, how, how might you gather the data for a forecast scenario planning situation?
2: Uh, well, that's a good question. So usually the forecast scenario planning is done. We we already have kind of a general sense of what the project is going to try to do and where it's going to be. So, yes, we do include the um, we, we do the whole full project, stakeholder mm-hmm. engagement, all the data collection. The difference is that we haven't really gone into the field and done anything yet. But we, when we talk to the stakeholders, we speak of what we intend to do. And sometimes that stakeholder feedback helps us make adjustments. Um, whether they, you know, we say, well, maybe we should do a little bit more of this and that based on what the stakeholders have, uh, have told us. Uh, so that's... And forecast planning is not a required step, but since you have that capability, it's... Recommended that before you really get too deep into what you're going to do, you can do that. The other thing we can do, which is what we call more generic forecasting, and that is you may not even know where you want to do it yet. (laughs) You know, Mm. but you have an idea of a project. We can run an analysis and what we use are just more generic proxies. So, yeah. you know, maybe we don't talk to uh, adjacent property owners since we don't know <laughs> where where the project is going, but we may be able to proxy that by saying, well, generally speaking, this is how this kind of project affects, uh, uh, you know, an adjacent property. And we, and we put that information in. The further back you go uh, in detail, the more uncertainty is built into the results. And we make that very clear in our reporting. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, I saw that companies can also use ecometrics to evaluate their project to determine if the project impact was achieved. And I'd love for you to talk to us about that process and how it differs from what you do with forecast scenario planning.
2: Sure. Well, evaluative is then the other part of the story, and that is here we're actually putting in project information. So this is what we have done. Uh, So the numbers are very solid. You know, we know we know how many acres of something we may have done, or what we've we've done. We have a much better understanding of where the stakeholders feel about the project because now they have experienced it um, for you know for some period of time. We've uh, we may have already gone through some kind of auditing process. So the 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 execution of the analysis is the same, except the certainty and the detail of the inputting information is much more refined. So everything is a trade-off. The, you can jump into the middle of a project that's been around for a long time and just then introduce Ecometrics, and you could do an evaluation. It, in, the, in the perfect world, you would do a forecasting or a pre-analysis, then you evaluate the project periodically throughout its life to see how it's matching up with what you had, you had predicted. For example for a carbon registration project you have to do that. You have to be able mm-hmm. to show periodically that the project is still active, you know, it's still uh if it's a reforestation project that the trees are still there, they're still healthy. Mm-hmm. So this evaluative element is uh in many cases is a required is a required step. Uh, right. But um, you don't have to do them both, but ideally they work together. For evaluatives okay. though, even if you jump in the middle of a project, in order to show the value created you need to have some sense of what the reference point was. And sometimes yeah, we have to really baseline. dig around like, to figure out what that is. Yeah.
1: So uh-huh, that's how exactly. we're we different. Uh, this is great stuff, Ed. I'm really excited to be talking about this. We've got to take a quick commercial break, but we have so much more to talk about. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this.
0: News. News. Opinion. News. Opinion. and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: Welcome back to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad you're with us. And in case you're just tuning in, let me catch you up. Our guest today is Ed Panero. He's the president of Ecometrics, LLC. And we're talking about a really important topic, and that is how do you make the business case? How do you quantify uh, the return on investment of, of companies that want to do nature-based solutions, um, want to do uh, things like... Mm, nature restoration, reforestation, um, and these types of projects, regenerative agriculture, things like that. And Ecometrics has really developed the solution. And I'm so glad that we have Ed on to talk to us today. I, you know, We've talked about how you quantify certain things, but I think it's really important for our listeners to understand where you get the numbers for your reports. So let's start by having you talk to us about how you establish baseline data.
2: Sure. Uh, well, baseline data, and here we refer to baseline as what are we comparing? What's our reference point? In other words, what are we when we talk about creating value, which is what Ecometrics is measuring? You have to show relative to what? <laughs> you know, where did you start? So, our baseline information comes from whatever we can get our hand on that was pre-project or pre-start date conditions.
1: Right. And so with this, you know, the preconditions, I'm sure that comes from a number of different sources. I mean, um, do you want to talk to us about some of those sources?
2: Sure, sure. So so, um, in terms of where these numbers really come from, we get them in a similar way to the way we got the methodologies to calculate the impact. So in other words, earlier we talked about how do we figure out how we're going to quantify, you know, what are going to be the equations? But we also need to know what numbers go into those equations. So, if we're going to, if we if we understand that uh, a tree will sequester carbon, and you know we can multiply, well, how many trees do we have time, and that we need to know, well, how many tons per tree is it? Uh, so that those values, which we call proxies or or our constants, we have to be able to get those as well. And we get those in large part through the same process of reviewing available uh, databases. Uh, Some of it we calculate ourselves. We have partnerships with organizations who are subject matter experts, so they actually may be collecting site information, actual biophysical information being collected from the site. Uh, and, and that's how we start to amass um, these numbers. And from a valuation standpoint, we, we have to get the same kind of a, of a number. So let's say that now we know how to calculate tons of carbon sequestered. We now know how many tons per tree or per acre has been sequestered. Now we need to figure out how much is that ton worth. And we get Mm -hmm. that information from different types of sources, particularly financial information. So, in other words, there is a kind of an average market value for a carbon offset. There is a social cost of carbon. You know, what is the cost of a ton of carbon to society Mm -hmm. at large? So, we amass those numbers as well, and they go into the equation. So, we basically go from what do we have times how much of it is there times how much is each of that unit worth,
1: hmm hmm That makes perfect sense. And, you know, I'm sure this is very, very project dependent. I mean, if you're looking at a project that's going to be, you know, uh, some of its outcomes will be better surface water quality or, uh, you know, something like that, you're going to be looking at different numbers. But generally speaking, where do the numbers come from when you're monitoring and measuring a project that's actually uh, underway?
2: Yes, um, and here, uh, what we're doing is we're refining where we started. So, uh, for example, uh, as, as a project goes on, we can actually get real-time measurements. So we can, we know, for example, how the water quality may be changing in a project. Did we actually create, uh, the jobs that we said we we're going to create? Uh, were the tax benefits to the community coming in at what they were expecting. So those numbers we start to collect from the project itself. Uh, what becomes a little bit tricky, though, is, uh, and this applies in, in all of these cases, and that is sometimes the number that you get needs to go through some some work in order to be able to calculate a specific thing. I'll give you a very real example. One of the benefits that some of these nature based pollution, uh, uh, nature based solution projects create is pollinator habitat. So we know that pollinators mm. are very important to the, to the economy. And you could read many papers that say this is how much value to the food industry or to the agricultural sector having pollinators brings. But how do you convert that to? How do I then say how much dollars per acre of this project is, what's the value of the pollinator habitat mm-hmm. creation there? So this process of getting the numbers, especially if the project becomes, comes to life, becomes, uh, requires not only collecting information, but being able to interpret and modify the information in a way that you can use it to assess what the project is doing.
1: That makes perfect sense, that makes perfect sense. And and when you're measuring the financial opportunities involved in a project, where do the market numbers come from?
2: That's an excellent question, because if you, if you do any, or any research on ecometric, you start to see that we use this terminology of market value, and, and um, afterwards we will discuss non-market value, but creating value has to be properly referenced or attributed to a specific stakeholder group, so in other words, if i 'm saying i 'm creating value with a project, who who 's going to realize that value? What does that mean, and who will be, who's relevant to that value? So, for example, when we say we're creating value by improving community resilience, who actually realizes that value? So for this, we use this concept of market and non-market value. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is important to point out that both of those values are quantified dollar amounts. I know that the term non-market value immediately sounds like it's not a number, <laughs> uh, it is. <laughs> the difference is. The difference is that market value is a value that's realized by the project funders or the sponsors. So these are stakeholders who directly paid for the project. So market value is what we normally would consider traditional return on investment. Mm-hmm. You know, a dollar in versus what do I get back out for that dollar. So if a company sells or, for example, if a company is going to sell or bank the value of a carbon offset, that's considered market value. So that's traditional value back to the to the to whoever put the money in, in the first place.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And then let's talk about those non-market numbers. Talk to us about how you right. quantify those.
2: <laughs> yes. So non, non-market value is, monetary, is still a monetary value created, but it's now for another stakeholder. So, for example, if we improve storm resilience by creating coastline, that means that there are expenses that are not incurred by the community or maybe the community needs to spend less on something that they would have had to otherwise as a result of this project. So that value is considered non-market value because it's not revenue or value that's attributed back to whoever paid for the project in the first place. That non-market value can also be income, but again, for another stakeholder. So in the Louisiana example, the creation of the forested wetland area increases biodiversity and habitat. So that attracts wildlife, obviously, so that's an environmental benefit. But people who come for hunting, fishing, bird watching, and overall recreation, that's creating local economic development. And that's that's direct value creation. That's money in restaurants, hotels, and other supporting businesses. So that's real income, but it goes to someone else other than the project funder, and therefore is considered non-market value. And that distinction is important because we can be specific on the return on investment for the funder so they can make the business case, but we also provide information on what value that project creates for others, and that's important to companies and investors as well in terms of communicating how, what they're doing and why they're important. And in, in essence, it, it supports reputational brand value and the license to operate.
1: Yeah. Talk to us a little bit more about that because, you know, some of our listeners may be unfamiliar with that term you just used, license to operate. Give
2: us a little more. Sure. Uh, and sure. License to operate is this catch-all term that distinguishes it from having some kind of a legal or regulatory permission. So I may be within my regulatory permit limits, but it might still be doing something that's unacceptable from a social standpoint or unacceptable to the community. And therefore, regardless of whether I'm in compliance or not, I may not be able to operate however I wanted because of these other issues. And those could be Mm -hmm. social, cultural. Those could be uh, issues that are in conflict with something else that's going on. So the ability to be able to function not only because you're in compliance but because you're, you're in line with what the social and community issues are that becomes essentially a license to operate, and historically, people refer to that in a kind of a wishy-washy term. But it's very real. <laughs> if you're not allowed uh-huh. to operate, or your water intake is restricted because of pushback uh, that's happening in the watershed or in the community, that will have as much regulatory impact, as much impact as a regulatory restriction could have
1: better believe it. No, well said. And, and we can think of a million examples of that. I, I want to ask you, you know, I mean, what you guys are doing is so important and so revolutionary. Do you, how do you think ecometrics could advance the field of accounting and valuation so that they explicitly value things like climate stability, ecosystem services, and human benefits?
2: Yeah, and I think the truth of the, and I think the best way to answer that is the truth of the matter is that when you're trying to aggregate and compare a variety of different things, you need to be able to relate that in, in some parameter that is common across all, all, across the board. And that, the real, you know, the, the reality of life is that means financial value. That is, because the common denominator is dollars, dollar amounts, or, you know, uh, monetary value. So the eco ability to determine monetary values for such a diverse list of impacts and benefits, it then becomes relevant to the accounting and, and the, the whole financial valuation community because now we can put nature-based solutions on equal footing to other kind of capital investments or O and M operation and maintenance costs. So yes, you can figure out what the what the um, the accounting is around building a building or building a wastewater treatment plant, but now you can give equal analysis to planting a wetland or restoring a forest.
1: Yeah, I think that that what you're doing is really going to have, I I know there's an organization, SASB, where, uh, you know, a lot of the accounting firms in the the country are really kind of pushing for these types of metrics uh, to not be voluntary, but to actually be part of SEC filings and what have you. But what you guys are doing is taking it, quite a bit further, I think. Um, We've got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have so much more to talk about. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this.
0: Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
1: welcome back to go green radio everybody this is a great show we're having an awesome time talking with a good friend of mine ed Panero, the president of ecometrics llc and i'm also going to put in a plug he's also been on my board of directors for the go green initiative since like what 2004 2005 so yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> yeah I, I have so much respect for this man and so much respect for what his company is doing Now, I'd love for you to talk to us about the Ecometrics reporting tool. What does it include, and how can companies make the best use of it? Yeah,
2: and actually, surprisingly, the reporting tool is really a component of the main tool. So uh, we can generate reports uh, of many different types, uh, extracting extracting it directly from the Ecometrics methodology. And that's one of the beauties of the way that we have this as a cloud-based platform, and that is very versatile. So once it does all the analysis, you can pick and choose what you want to report in what format. So we can align with uh, uh, CDP, the GRI, all these uh, reporting formats, or we can customize it for a specific investment uh, organization or a specific company's sustainability report. It's whatever you want, really, is what it comes down to. <laughs>
1: Hmm. And, and in terms of the way that a company might use it, I mean, is this something they're looking at daily, quarterly? I mean, what in your mind is the ideal way for a company to use your reporting tool? Yeah. Well, um,
2: usually what happens is, well, first of all, we generate a full-fledged comprehensive ecometrics report, and we have to do that mm-hmm. as part of the social value international reporting. So you get mm-hmm. that automatically. But other ways it uses people extract bits and pieces of it for some specific need. So Mm -hmm. it might be taking a look, extracting the social economic benefits that are created by a project because they're gonna use that for uh, communications, part of the public Mm -hmm. relations and outreach. Uh, Others might extract a specific attribute, you know, how much carbon is being sequestered because they're submitting that as part of a carbon project registration. So, uh, reporting elements are, are extracted based on what the ultimate need is. One of the things that we're doing is we're creating a, gener- a generic template that fits some of these global ESG or you know these yep. sustainability reporting formats. Um, so.
1: Oh, that's that's super cool. Because I know that that's the bane of a lot of sustainability directors' existence, is kind of manipulating the same data to fit into a variety of reporting tools. And so that's that's so valuable. Um, Ed, I'd love for you to talk to us about the importance of a variety of offset programs, and how EcoMetrics helps secure those those offsets for your clients.
2: Sure, and you know offsets are again a term that ca- captures a lot of different things. So, the one we're probably most familiar with are carbon offsets. You know, you, you sequester carbon, you take credit for those offsets through a very formalized carbon market process. process. Uh, uh, but there are other place, there are other types of offsets that are actually mark, transactable in the market, like water quality credits in some states, uh, wetlands banking. Uh, there's a movement to develop biodiversity trading so that you create biodiversity and can sell that to somebody else who, who may have disrupted. Uh, so the way Ecometrics supports all of those offset markets is, is, again, through the robustness, transparency of how we determine the calculations. Because when we put a number in to any one of these offset markets, uh, we can show the, the, the credibility of how that was calculated, and that mm-hmm. facilitates the application process.
1: Mm, gotcha. Yeah, that's, that's really a great service that you provide. Now, you, you've talked to us a little bit about the Louisiana example, but I'd love for you to give us one or two examples or case studies of success for your company. I know that you're still fairly young as a company, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about a real-world example of how your methodology has succeeded in actually bringing some great projects to fruition.
2: Sure, and uh, you know I, I I said a lot about that Louisiana project, so I'm not going to go over the same things again with that one. But that is a, a that's what, that is our showcase. Uh, it was the reason it was Ecometrics was originally created specifically for that project mm-hmm. um, because that project to to, to work required uh, private and public sector investment, and the way that the public sector dollars were structured, they needed they they wouldn't give you the public dollar until you secured private sector dollars. So the the need to be able to make the business case for investing in reforestation in that area was built on the need to be able to make the business case to private companies. So that's that was the birth of Ecometrics. And so therefore, it becomes kind of our showcase project because... So many benefits came out of that project that have been since leveraged by so many players. It is a perfect example of how once you know how a nature-based solution, how much it's worth and what it's actually doing for you, it makes such a strong case for the investment. And that project has continued to grow. New companies have come into play. New public sector players have come into play. Uh, they started off being very heavy on the storm resilience, but then it got into carbon and then it got into water quality trading. And now there's interest in the biodiversity. So it's, it's a great example of, mm-hmm. of the, the, the many different things that happen from these kind of restoration projects. Another quick example I want to put out though is we're working with a, comp- a solar, solar energy development company. They build commercial grade solar farms. So in other words, not rooftop stuff. This is the big arrays you see when you drive mm-hmm. by some of these areas, uh, they actually have um, decided to not only build photo farms, but they use the land of these properties for advanced innovative agriculture. You know, so it's, it's what's called regenerative agriculture, which is its own topic. But we have been working with them to be able to capture the full value that you get from a project that does both of these things, because it's more than it's a case of one plus one equals three. So the solar (laughs) farm has its benefits. The agricultural project has its benefits. But by combining the two, there were actually incremental increase in the benefit. One other very important point on that project, which is why I think it's a good example for ecometrics. When you build a solar farm, you're generating renewable energy, which you put into the grid. So to the people who live right next door to that solar farm, that's not a direct, necessarily a direct benefit. You know, they don't mm-hmm. immediately see the connection to them of this being done, yet they have to live with the solar farm next door. <laughs> so the ability to show what value these projects create for the local community, in addition to the renewable energy, has really made a difference in, in, able, in the ability to uh, expand the ability to generate solar energy.
1: It's that license to operate piece, right? Yes,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Yes.
1: I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball a little bit, Ed, and (laughs) and talk to us about, you know, what's on the horizon for the rest of 2021 and 2022 for Ecometrics, LLC?
2: Sure. Well, one of the immediate things is we're just going to be doing more and more different kinds of projects. Um, you know, we're, we started off in Louisiana, and now we're, we're in terms of what's on the horizon, we're pretty much all around the country. We've got a couple coming up in California, even. Uh, we have proposals for work in Brazil. Uh, there's work uh, in Europe. We have, propo- you know, work up in Western Canada. So we're expanding the types of projects and where we're doing them. But we're also enhancing ecometrics itself. You know, when it started, it was an Excel spreadsheet. You know, it was that straightforward. <laughs> and we have since converted into a cloud-based platform, which has really helped with flexibility and adaptability. Um, and we're just constantly improving it and adding elements to it, so that it could, uh, including, making it parts of it more client-driven. So rather than us having to do everything in you know, kind of a black box approach, it, it, it includes the client in the process in terms of actually inputting information. And finally, we're looking at expanding ecometrics into what it's able to assess. It started off as a project-oriented analysis. In other words, what is the project? We analyze it. But now we're looking at looking at activities. So, in general, is one type of, irrig- of uh, ag- agricultural irrigation better than another type? You know. So before you even know where you're doing it, how do these technologies compare to each other? Mm-hmm. And finally, we're looking at: Can you do an ecometrics analysis of an enter- of a, at the enterprise level? In other words, of a company or a division of a company. So these are all areas that we're looking to um, evolve into with this methodology.
1: Oh, that's exciting. We're going to have to have you back on to see uh, what's new in, in a few months. You know, we, we just have a, a minute or so left in the show, and I want to give you a chance to, to give some parting thoughts to leave with our listeners. What would you like to leave our listeners with? Sure.
2: So real quickly, I hope to leave people with two realities. Number one is that nature provides services. It is a partner and a resource that needs stewardship, not only because of its intrinsic importance, but the role it plays in allowing our society to function. You know, we always talk about needing to invest in failing infrastructure, Mm -hmm. but we don't talk as much about the need to invest in nature, yet it Mm -hmm. is infrastructure in terms yes. of what the different things that it that it does for society and how society interacts. And that's why we consider the environment a stakeholder when we do an analysis. The second takeaway is we need to be able to talk dollars and cents. I know there's a right. tendency to speak of nature and environment in more esoteric terms, but we to fully leverage that potential, we need to be able to make the business case and that means being able to speak about it in dollars and cents terms.
1: Well said. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ed. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. We'll be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green.